Good morning, people. Thank you for tuning in today. Today is Saturday. That means it's time for another episode of The Young Minarchist. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about what President Trump is doing overseas. Right now, President, well, during this week, President Trump went to Poland, he went to Russia, and for the G20 conference uh, just today, he is going to be doing some, some overseas work. And so that's what we're going to be going over today, going to be talking about a lot of what President Trump is doing, because some of it can be taken as good, some of it can be taken as bad, and you are tuning into The Young Monarchist to find out which is which. So without further ado, let's jump into what President Trump was doing in Poland. So on Thursday, basically, President Trump went to Poland. He was talking a lot about strengthening relations with them, and his speech that he gave there was very, very good, actually. So a lot of people really liked the speech that he gave in Poland. And Poland is a lot more of a right-wing country, so they they really did enjoy President Trump going there, speaking, telling them different stuff about what he is trying to do for the world. Now, unfortunately, what the media basically has been covering only is that President Trump decided to attack the media organizations in the United States while he was in Poland. So basically what happened is President Trump went to Poland, started talking about all this good stuff with Poland, and then he made a comment about how the fate about all the fake news in in the United States and all of these different news organizations that were in the United States that were apparently putting forth fake news. And he was talking about that from Poland. So this is a legitimate complaint against our president. He should not be talking about United States agencies and United States news agencies, especially while he's in Poland. The reason why you go to Poland is so that you can focus on your international relations, not hammering the media. But again, the problem with this is that this is President Trump. We already knew President Trump does things like this. He likes to hammer the media at any point he gets, even when he's in Poland. So this, is, this isn't really President Trump's fault, okay? So it is President Trump's fault in that this isn't very presidential. He shouldn't really be criticizing the media while he's in Poland. But the fact is, is that the only ones the media really has to blame are themselves. So if you recall, this week CNN has literally been shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again, and once they run out of feet, they start shooting their hands, they start shooting their, uh, you know, knees, like, they're, they're just shooting themselves all over the place. Why? Because they're trying to take down President Trump, and their bias is getting in the way of proper journalistic standards. So what's, what's ended up happening is they started blackmailing people, or they, they blackmailed a person who made the WWE wrestling meme for President Trump that he shared on his Twitter feed last week. They tracked that person down, as I talked about in the last episode, blackmailed him, and then now we're just starting to find out that this is probably not even the right person. So again, they, they, haven't, they haven't done a whole lot to their, to their standards of professionality, the media. So if the media were not as biased as they are, then President Trump really wouldn't have a valid criticism against them. So really the only organizations that the media has to criticize are themselves, because they are not they are putting forth fake news and trump's going to attack that at any moment he gets the media should have known this by now so of course the media is not reporting on any of the good stuff president trump is doing in poland so he made it like i said a really good speech good good speech talking about strengthening relations stuff like that it's really all talking about how he criticized the media while he was there now the second thing that a lot now the new york times actually reported quote he said nothing 
about the right-wing government's crackdown on judges and journalists and its refusal to accept more migrants and policies that have upset European leaders. He instead praised Poland as a defender of liberty in the face of existential threats. Okay, so this is this is actually more of a valid criticism against Trump. Not necessarily the last part because the the fact is is that Poland doesn't really have the ability to or doesn't want to accept a lot of migrants because they want to protect their own people, their own borders. Um, it could use a reform their their method of accepting migrants. But the fact is is that the first part of that that quote that he said nothing about the right wing government's crackdown on judges and journalists. So cracking down on judges and journalists is not a good thing to do because when you have freedom of the press, you have a free country. When you have control of the press, you have a a tyrannical country. If President Trump is going to attack the media organizations in the United States, then he needs to attack Poland for... The best move for President Trump would be to attack Poland for not allowing free uh, media organizations or, or... you know, cracking down on media organizations, he should be attacking Poland for, for doing that. Or not attacking them, but more encouraging them to change their policies. Because he can't call them a defender of liberty and while they are cracking down on journalists and judges. The fact is, is that in order to have a free country, you cannot be cracking down on journalists and judges. You need to be ensuring that you have a free press. Even if that free press leads to a monster like CNN, uh, because the fact is is that CNN has already destroyed their own credibility. No one really believes a whole lot of what they have to say anymore because, well, they've already put forth so many fake news stories. Okay, so that's what happened in Poland on Thursday. Then on Friday afternoon, President Trump met with Vladimir Putin. So he went to Russia, met with Vladimir Putin, uh, and again, apparently that was a good meeting as well. Uh, it was only President Trump, Vladimir Putin, and then Rex Tillerson and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Lavrov, Lavrov, Lavrov. That's what his name is, Lavrov. I always forget how to say it. But the fact is, is that it was only a four-person meeting, really. Uh, and the problem is, is that okay? So here's the big issue with that meeting: that there are differences in what was actually said during the during the meeting. Okay, so Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said that said after the meeting that President Trump actually accepted and agreed that Russia did not meddle in the election. So Lavrov said, President Trump said that he heard Putin's very clear statements that this was not true and that the Russian government didn't interfere in the elections and that he accepts these statements. That is all. And then Secretary of State Rex Tillerson came out and said, no, 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 wait, that's not true. On the other hand, Trump actually pushed Putin on the issue several times, uh, and he didn't agree that there was no Russian meddling, okay? So here's the issue with this, is that you literally cannot verify it. It was a private meeting between, you know, the both presidents, uh, Vladimir Putin and, and Trump, and then they are, they're, uh, basically their foreign ministers and and the secretary of state that those are the only people that were in the meeting so we can't really verify it through other sources so here's my theory at this point we really don't have anything to go on other than an interpretation of what happened i think that it's reasonable to believe that there was a misunderstanding i don't think that president trump would come out and say no no i totally agree you did not ruin the election you did not hack you did not do anything. You're okay. I don't think that President Trump did that because I think that President Trump is smart enough not to do that. I think that there was actually a misunderstanding, like I, like I just said. So, 
if you look at Lavrov's statement, um, let's see. If you look at Lavrov's statement, he said that uh, that he that President Trump said that he agrees to the to these statements, and I think that just because President Trump might have agreed and been like. Oh, okay, I understand. I understand, Mr. Putin. Thank you. I don't think that that actually meant that he was saying that he agreed with the statement itself, as in uh, he, he understands, you know, the position of President Vladimir Putin, but he doesn't necessarily still agree with it. I think that there was a, a little bit of a misunderstanding there just from the actual quotes, the actual statements uh, that were made afterwards. I think Trump could have basically just said, okay, okay, I understand, and uh, and then, you know, it was taken the wrong way by the other side. And, you know, if the problem here, too, is that the media are just kind of blowing up about this, and why, my question is, why would you trust the Russian media over the United States Secretary of State and the President? I mean, the President doesn't always say the most accurate things, but does that mean that we need to go to a country and a country's media that is even more tyrannical than the United States? I mean, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to believe just outright that President Vladimir Putin's uh, foreign minister is, tr is you know, right and Rex Tillerson's is not. So again, the, f the fact is, is that we really don't have enough proof to go off of this and we shouldn't really be blowing up about this like the media is. It's, it's really not a huge deal at the current moment. I think it was just all a big misunderstanding. And that's the only thing we have to go on. So we don't have anything else to go on anyway. Because again, it was just a four-person meeting. Nobody else was in there. Alright, so last story about foreign events. Um, so this week is the G20 Summit Group, which is basically a group, or G20 is a group of 20 industrialized countries that kind of meet and talk about all things, you know, key key issues in the global economy. Apparently, uh, on, on Twitter, there was an article that was just posted like 13 minutes ago talking about how there was a picture that showed that Ivanka Trump is actually replacing her father at the G20 summit meeting. So she's sitting where her father is supposed to be sitting and President Trump is nowhere to be found because apparently President Trump left for bilateral meetings with other people. Now, first of all, if this is true, if this is true, all right, so I can't I can't really say whether it's true or it's not true because it's just a picture. The, the only thing that the media is having to go on right now is a picture that shows apparently that Ivanka Trump is sitting where her father's supposed to be sitting and President Trump has left for bilateral meetings. Uh, if this is true, it is not good for President Trump. Why? Well, the fact is, is that throughout all of history, the G20 summit meeting has been for the leaders of the country, okay? Ivanka Trump is not the leader of the country. President Trump is the leader of the country. Ivanka Trump is only an advisor to the president, albeit not a very good advisor or a super experienced advisor. Uh, she hasn't really had a whole lot in foreign policy, <laughs> and uh, thus she really shouldn't be in the G20 summit meeting. Um, but the fact is, is that it, it hurts international relations. If these other countries see that the United States is not willing to send its own president to the G20 summit meetings, then they're going to lose respect for the United States. All right. Like I said, we don't really have a whole lot to go on. We don't know necessarily that this is uh, this is true quite yet. But if it is true, then it's not good for President Trump. President Trump should be at the G20 summit group because it's for presidents. It's for leaders of the country. It's for prime ministers. It's for people that represent the head of an industrialized country. 
again, Ivanka Trump should not be sitting where Trump is supposed to be sitting. Trump should be there. All right, now we can finally go over some of Trump's tweets of the week. This is, you know, this is probably some of my favorite some of my favorite parts and some of my non-favorite parts going over Trump's tweets. Uh, so on Thursday, President Trump tweeted, Everybody here is talking about why John Podesta refused to give the DNC server to the FBI and the CIA. Disgraceful. While he is overseas. Okay, so this is something that President Trump probably should not be tweeting about while he is overseas. Okay? Please, just, just leave this alone, especially while you are overseas, especially while you are associating with Russia, you are associating with the EU, which hosts the, uh, which, which is basically protecting the leader of WikiLeaks. Um, while you're overseas in Europe, it's not a good idea to talk about, to talk about the DNC server and John Podesta, okay? The, the election is over. The election is completely over. If you'd like to start an investigation, which I definitely believe that an investigation is necessary while you are overseas while you are trying to work on your international relations it's not a good or a smart move to talk about the dnc hacking why because europe and russia were both very much involved in the dnc not necessarily the the dnc hacking or the dnc server but the fact is is that wikileaks hacked the dnc server and got all of the emails and stuff uh and and basically sent them and distributed them so that it would hurt the DNC and make them look bad, which, the, again, the fact is is that if the DNC hadn't sent such bad emails to each other, then we really wouldn't have a problem here. But because Europe is so closely tied to this issue and because Russia is so closely tied to this issue, I don't see why you are trying to bring it up in such a blunt manner as this. Everybody is talking about why John Podesta refused to give the DNC server to the FBI and CIA disgraceful. Again, the fact is, is that, again, the, the, the election is over now, President Trump. You are now the president, okay? You are the president. And now you are overseas, and now you are supposed to be working on international relations, but for some reason you're tweeting about the DNC server and the FBI and the CIA and the, and John Podesta, okay? So not, not, not a very good move, I don't think, because, again, you should be focusing on our international relations, not Hillary Clinton and the DNC and all of the people back in the United States. That is a domestic issue, not a foreign policy issue. All right, so actually another another tweet that President Trump made on Friday is one that I actually do agree with. So I love it when I have to, when I get to agree with President Trump's tweets when I like it when he tweets. Now, um, he tweeted, quote, I will represent our country well and fight for its interests. Fake news media will never cover me accurately, but who cares? We will hashtag MAGA. Okay, so there is something necessarily wrong with this, is that he's currently overseas, as I said before, and he really shouldn't be talking about the fake news media. But again, this is President Trump. This is what he does. Um, but we do need to call him out on it as the right, because it's, it's not a good idea to be talking about this while you're overseas and trying to work on international relations with other countries. But this is a good tweet. Why? Because although, uh, because Trump is calling the media out, and he's realizing, and he's calling out the fact that even though the media won't cover him properly, he will still make America better, okay? So he's calling out the media and saying, look, even though you are intent on taking me down, you don't define who I am. You don't define 
whether or not I'm a good president or I'm a bad president. I define whether I'm a good president or a bad president. What defines a good presidency uh, or distinguishes a good presidency from a bad presidency is when you have good policies versus bad policies, okay? So just because the media is going to attack him, no matter what he does, it doesn't matter. As President Trump tweeted, he, they will never cover me accurately, but who cares? We will make America great again. This is a, a very good Trump, uh, excuse me, a very good tweet by President Trump, because again, he's calling out the media and saying, even though you're not going to be representing me correctly, I can still make good policies. I can still make America better than it was before. You don't define how good the presidency is. Only I define how good the presidency is. So it's very good. President Trump tweeting about that. Like I said, not 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 a great time to be tweeting about it overseas. But if it's going to come out of President Trump's of, of President Trump's Twitter, then uh, this is definitely one of the better tweets that President Trump has made uh, in in recent history. <laughs> Alrighty. So that is all of the stories from the past few days. Uh, a lot of a lot of foreign policy issues going on right now. So now we get to talk about philosophy. Oh yes, uh, this is like I said, always my the favorite part or my favorite part of the show. And today we're going to be getting into philosophy slash sociolo- sociology slash psychology. Uh, not sociology. That's a little bit different. But the question or the statement I'm going to be kind of proving is that if you accept that we are each inherently, or excuse me, that there's an inherent right and wrong, that there are certain actions that should be punished, then you must accept a supernatural work to make each person individual uh, or inherently individual. Now you might be asking, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, And I'm going to explain it right now, okay? So think about it. If each of us were just blank slates of consciousness, not distinct from one another, once we strip every physical thing away, okay? So when we first begin life, okay, when we first become conscious and you strip all of the physical aspects of our lives away, if we are all just the same blank slate of consciousness, if we're all just the exact same, if we're all just the exact same way of thinking, uh, if we're not really distinct from one another, then it would simply be our experiences in the physical world that shape who we are and how we act, okay? So where you live, how your parents treated you, uh, how you how you react to situations, whether or not you get into good things or to into bad things, whether or not you go to jail, all of that would only be determined based upon where you were placed in life, all right? But the problem with that is that that means that there's really no just reason for us to punish anybody because the only reason why people act according to they according to how they act is not because of their own decisions uh, well it is because of their own decisions but it doesn't matter because the way that they make their decisions is just based upon the physical where they physically exist the physical experience of, experiences that they have if we all just start as blank slates of consciousness if we're not individual from one another inherently if we just kind of evolved and then you know, there's there's no inherent difference in the consciousness of us all, then again, there really would be no just method of punishing somebody because the only reason why they, they've done a bad thing is because they were placed in a certain situation at a certain time uh, and all of their all of their physical experiences have kind of built them into something that, that did a really terrible thing. So, per, for example, murdering somebody, uh, stealing somebody's things, all of that is just due then to the physical place or the physical experiences that you've had, all right? So if you accept that, 
if you accept that we are all just blank slates of consciousness, that we just all evolved naturally, completely naturally, then you have to accept that there's no real reason for us to be punishing anybody. But I would say, especially in politics, which is what I deal with, there are many people who believe that there is a fundamental good and a fundamental bad, and that policies ought to punish the bad and make sure that the bad people don't continue to hurt people uh, and to, you know, punish them and bring justice to them and bring justice to the good who do good things. Thus, if you accept that, then we have to go all the, ba all the way back to those blank slates of consciousness. And those blank slates of consciousness must not be blank anymore. We have to be individual, able to make our own decisions. Uh, and the only way that can occur is that is if we have a a metaphysical difference between all of our consciousnesses. Okay, so that doesn't if that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, let me explain it a little bit further. Okay, so our consciousness is not necessarily just in our mind. Our consciousness is not our our physical mind that is inside of our heads. Our consciousness is our ability to reason. What sets us apart from animals? It's a philosophical. It's a philosophical and metaphysical, which means that it doesn't exist in the real world. It exists in. It exists, but it doesn't exist physically. Uh, our your your consciousness is metaphysical. Okay. So again, if we all started as blank slates, then all of our consciousnesses would be essentially the same uh, when they first started to exist, and thus it would just be our physical experiences that define how we act later on in life. But, if we are each made uniquely, with some sort of distinction between our consciousnesses, and we were given the ability to choose, then that's the only way you can reconcile those two, those two ideas together. And that is, in my opinion, it points to a supernatural creator of human beings. Uh, I personally am a Christian, and so I believe that that supernatural creator is, is God. I believe the account in in the Bible that God makes each and every person uniquely newly uh, I cannot talk today uniquely and individually, uh, and that He He loves everybody individually. And I think that that's the best explanation, honestly, if you are going to believe a fundamental good, a fundamental bad, a fundamental justice in the world. If there's fundamental justice, then um, you know I believe that you do have to accept that there has been a supernatural work in. Um, some sort of a distinction between our consciousnesses. We had to have each been created uniquely and given the ability to choose in our situation, or excuse me, in different situations, in order to justify some sort of a punishment for bad actions that we've done and benefit for good actions that we've done. All right, I know that was really, really deep, but if you kind of start to think about it, the more you think about it, the, the better you will be able to understand it. Uh, and it looks like we are just about out of time. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Young Minarchist. Make sure you tune back into the uh, to turn back into the podcast on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. That's when we release the podcast to the public, and you can hear your uh, philosophical or my philosophical analysis on the news of the day and be able to keep up on what is happening in current events. All right, everybody. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go and check out my Twitter, at Young Minarchist, for lots of different philosophical ideas, philosophical debates that I've had with both statists and anarchists. And I will catch you guys on Tuesday in the next episode. Have a good day.